What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 130 of Smack Talk from SmartOutMoment.com. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, and with me on the mic this evening, we have Miguel Leon. <laughs> Sean Walker. Spoiler the paper, you sucked ass. <laughs> Jumping ahead there. Wago, Stephen Wago. Sin Cara, greatest MMA fighter of all time. And Mike Payton. Ah! <laughs> there we go. And Jay Sherman, apparently. <laughs> For fans of the critic out there. Good show. Tonight, we're going to be reviewing Extreme Rules 20, uh, thir- 2013. Yeah, we're going to go backward in time. We're going to do a rerun of 2013. Sean wishes we could. 2014. Fucking A, I do. Spoiler alert. Hey, man, remember, remember when Kane won the uh, the World uh, Heavyweight title? Or the <laughs> WWE World Heavyweight title? Don't fucking say that. Drew will rip your throat up. <laughs> We're also going to be doing the usual stuff. We've got the rest hold where we take a little bit of a break in part three. We're going to be doing the hot tags coming up in part two. We're going to do some fantasy league stuff at the Woo! end of the show and a special little outro. And we're going to do what we usually do in part one here. The ask him wrestling trivia question of the week. And last week's question was from Miguel. So Miguel, give us a little recap of what that question was. Tell us who got it right, who got it wrong. Well, last week's question for the fans was who has the longest who has the most losses in WrestleMania history? And it's actually a bit of a surprise and you guys were even surprised at it yourselves. Triple H actually. Uh I believe his record is 10 losses. Which definitely for, didn't get that. I I assumed that it was going to be a big show. No, I which is actually surprising considering there's been 30 WrestleManias to lose a whole third of them. Yeah, you gotta. You, I don't know, man. You gotta give Triple H credit. Any other guy would have probably, you know, it probably would have been much more noticeable. But Triple H, you wouldn't expect it. To be fair, he is banging the boss's door, so it just it just proves how protected he really he is, you know. Yeah, burying everyone with those uh, ten ten losses, sir. <laughs> it's just because he's won every other freaking pay per view. Hey, puts him over where it counts. And the wins that he does get are completely overshadowed, like his 18 win, his 25 oh, win. Oh, let's move along. <laughs> so, who got it right? Who got it wrong? Do you have that up here, Miguel? No, I, I wasn't aware. I had to actually do research. I was trying to buy you time the whole time, and you didn't do it. God damn it, Miguel. <laughs> Somebody got it. Whoever, is, whoever got it out there, it's not like I would actually even send you a t-shirt or anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to bring up the list here. Uh, we'll see who got it right, who got it wrong. I know that one person ended up getting uh, wrong here. William Carey said uh, Big Show because they did a story about it with um, Cody Rhodes. That's who I would have thought that it was um, since that story, the same kind of um, mentality. I figured Triple H maybe lost only a couple matches, and that was about it. But the people who got it right, who got it wrong, let's see. Awesome Piano Man says, I kind of want to say Big Show, but I'm going with Triple H because he's the top of the mountain of every season and you have to beat the man. There you go. Awesome Piano Man gets it right. We've got Mr. I don't know how to pronounce this 100%. Mr. Big, Zef, Mr. Big Zephel. Triple H has the most overall WrestleMania losses with 10. He got that right. And he says uh, Tito Santana has the most consecutive losses in a row with seven of that. Are you sure you're not about Ricky Steamboat? Uh, habit man guessed big show we know by now that that's wrong too uh johnny castaway went with sean michaels so did uh big bigs rels 09 and josh best in the world went with big show as well so uh most a lot of big show hate yeah well 
not necessarily hate. Everybody just kind of assumed Big Show lost a lot because uh, he tends to lose. So, makes sense. So this week's question, do you hate Big Show? <laughs> That's not it. enough. That's to the people on the panel. And then to you, you hate him even more. Uh, now, I think this week's question is from Mike Payton, isn't it? Yes, it is. And just so everyone out there can be recapped on how the Ask Him works here on Smack Talk, it is a two-part question where part one I ask to the hosts here. They answer it, and it leads into part two, which I give to all of you listeners to leave the answer inside the comment box below the video. This week's Ask Him's topic is Days of the Week. My question to you hosts is Thursday. <laughs> Close. At Extreme Rules. Excuse me. Extreme Rules was predecessored by. Did I just make that word up? Predecessor. Tough to a fucking great start here, Mike. Yeah, really. <laughs> the predecessor. To Extreme Rules was known as One Night Stand, and at that event in 2006, it began with Paul Heyman coming out and greeting the crowd, as well as taking a few shots at some WWE superstars who were sitting in the balcony. One of them being JBL. Why don't we fucking finish, you jackass? Want to have a little fucking pomp here? You just want to fucking take it like, no fucking patience whatsoever? God damn it, Wago. Why don't you go back to fucking England, you limey dick? And that wasn't even the question. He was going to ask what the first matchup of that pay-per-view was. God. All right. Well, the question to the listeners now. (laughs) I don't even know what the first question was. Well, I didn't get to do it because Wago's a dick. (laughs) Oh, thanks, Wago. Now, my question to you, the listeners. That day of the week that Wago said has two pay-per-views with it in their name. What are those pay-per-views? All right, guys, so if you could follow that <laughs> and, you, and you know what the answer is, or you just want to take a guess, go ahead, leave a comment below on YouTube, or Come on, send a tweet at SmartOutMoment with the hashtag AskHim, and next week, Wago will tell you what the answer is, apparently, before we even figure it out. <laughs> We're going to go in the next part with the hot tags of the week and keep this show going on. Hot tag time, everybody! Hot tags! Hot tags! Get your hot tags. That's so terrible. God. 1920s news people hate us. So, if you don't know what the hot tags are, these are when we break down some different things that went on throughout the week in pro wrestling. Some of it important, some of it just stupid and interesting, and some of it just stuff to eat up some time, <laughs> if we're being honest. So the same old with this show. Same old, same old. You guys should know by now. We're 130 episodes into this. If you don't know what the hot tags are by now, then I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. So, let's start off here with something that we can mention during Extreme Rules, but let's just do it here instead. Uh, Sheamus apparently must have fallen asleep during Extreme Rules, and apparently there was a chant that happened where people were trying to wake Sheamus up. So, that goes to show you what uh, he kind of thinks of that situation when he's just put on the panel instead of wrestling, that he can just doze off and it's not really that exciting. So, Sean... I know you didn't like Extreme Rules. Justified that he fell asleep? Don't blame him. I fell asleep. I fell asleep during the cage match. That's a boring enough fucking pay-per-view was. <laughs> Fuck me, if I paid for it, I would want my money back. Fuck me, if I paid for that, I would have been, been crying under my pillow. I didn't even pay for it. I still want money back for it. I actually liked it. I loved it. I loved it, too. Terrible. You love everything, Peyton. 
No, I don't. I hate TNA. <laughs> well, I know you're, you're not insane. <laughs> I just have never fell asleep during a TNA event. I think it's hard <laughs> to fall asleep during a TNA event because the whole time you're sitting there just going like, oh, God. Oh, God, oh it hurts. Oh, oh. <laughs> like, I need a shower. Right, you're in so much pain that you're awake and just angry. We're so then tired and bored. It's like falling asleep during a rape. <laughs> Please don't edit that out. <laughs> All right, move on. It's fine. We're talking about TNA. Let's move on to another Seamus topic. Seamus and Sin Cara got into a fight backstage, and reports are saying that, you know, not the biggest deal in the world, but, hey, if you want to give points to somebody... The guy who used to be Unico is apparently tough enough that he can uh, get the better of Sheamus. So that's kind of interesting. Now, Wego, you brought up that Sheamus fought Yoshitatsu before we were recording this. What happened to that? So the story behind that is, um, I believe it was Sheamus, Yoshitatsu, and it might have been Ted DiBiase Jr. That was um, all sharing a room um, apartment uh, when there was in developmental. And... They were both getting really pissed off with Seamus for leaving, uh, not cleaning the blender out from the protein powder. And that ended up ensuing a fight between him and Yoshitatsu, and Yoshitatsu whooped his ass. That just makes me want to see a WWE reality show about the de- the developmental guys sharing an apartment. I'd watch that. That kind of makes me want to see Yoshitatsu beat Seamus for the US title. And Unico, yeah. for that matter. Makes me wonder, though. It's like... It'd be okay if he like lost a fight to fucking John Cena, or he lost a fight to Big Show so, or something. Big Show. Fuck it, like even like Drew McIntyre would still be better because at least he looks like he could beat someone up in a fight. But you lose to fucking Yoshi and Hunico. Who's he gonna lose to next? El Torito? Justin Gabriel. To be, to be fair though, JBL lost a fight against Joey Styles. But he was also drunk and sitting on a bar stool. Oh. He was so- uh, let's go ahead and circle here. Sean, what do you think about Sheamus versus Sin Cara? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you just like run by your microphone real fast or something? Pretty much. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Miguel? Well, it's it's obvious why Sheamus lost. He was he was blinded by the blue light. <laughs> I'm just imagining him walking down the corridor and that's like, this is the guy with a light shining behind him 24-7. Another guy with like an orange-yellow light. <laughs> it's like a fucking blue man group kind of thing. Uh, Payton? <laughs> Show so fucking stupid. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Uh, quick thing to mention that I thought was interesting. Mick Foley said that in December they would have gone ahead with doing 3MB portraying the three faces of Foley, Cactus Jack, Dude Love, and Mankind, if Heath Slater wouldn't have got uh, a back injury that ended up being the reason why he wasn't on TV for a while. I kind of would like to see that stuff. I used to like that Charlie Haas gimmick when he would pretend to be the other people. And 3MB stupid enough that they could pull that off. Why not do three faces of Foley? Anybody as here one, think that that's cool? Or terrible? As, as, one t- I can see Jinder as dude love. <laughs> as a one-time thing, fine. I mean, I, I, it makes sense. I mean, wasn't there a period where 3MB was dressing up as, like, famous music uh, musical groups or some sort? I think mm-hmm. that was, like, around the same time that they were going to be doing that. 
Makes sense. Yeah, it couldn't have been more than a one-time thing. If this was like a regular gimmick, that'd be ridiculous. Yeah, I would have liked to see it one time. It would have been fun. But nothing's ever going to top fucking Charlie Haas being Mr. Perfect. <laughs> or the great Charlie. Char- or Charlito. Charlito was pretty good. I didn't like his Beth Phoenix, though. That was a little weird. He was Beth Phoenix? I gotta look for that. <laughs> no, no you don't. Yeah, you really don't. Uh, Los Matadores were originally going to be arrogant heel characters. That was their goal when they were thinking up the characters. And Vince McMahon decided that they should be babyfaces instead. And during the same report, there was a thing about um, Primo's father, Carlos Colon, saying that he basically just doesn't like the gimmick at all. And it's just like, oh, this is not like the wrestling outside of America. <laughs> That's kind of a shame. But I don't think Los Matadores could ever pull off being arrogant heels. Especially if they can't even pull off um, the whole being accent when they're doing the French thing, like, this week. <laughs> oh, oh, we're the uh, Los Matadores. <laughs> With our baguettes and uh... <laughs> they're gonna have little Torito passing out little baguettes to people. Right. <laughs> uh huh. They lost my doors. We have well, wine. And... <laughs> I'm just imagine. I'm just imagining El Torito like fucking with uh, baguettes uh, impaled on each one of his horns. The baguettes are fucking bigger than him. <laughs> to be fair, instead of Olay, they start. Go ahead. Instead of okay. <laughs> Instead of Olay, they go, wee wee! <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, if they were a French gimmick, you know they'd dress up El Torito as Napoleon. <laughs> oh, God, that would work. <laughs> nice. They could bring back Salvatore Sincere. Oh, wait, no, he was uh, Italian, wasn't he? Whatever. It's all the same, Tony. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> fucking European. <laughs> uh, Kurt Angle has signed on to play a lead role in some TV pilot called Emergency LA. He's going to be LAPD Sergeant Gabe Mandel. And apparently, Winner is uh, also going to be in a role in there somewhere. This is all started from somebody who has some t- kind of ties to the wrestling business, so it's guaranteed to fail. But hey, if Kurt Angle can get some kind of an acting role, man, that is going to be the best thing for him because he can't freaking wrestle. Well, I heard a, I heard about this. Apparently, it focuses on Kurt Angle tracking down the notorious Twitter hacker. <laughs> yeah. Because they could, it's because they couldn't afford Steven Seagal. It all turns out that it was him. It's the whole, like, the twist at the end of the season. Oh, my God. It turns out that the Twitter hacker was just me because I'm drunk. Yeah. <laughs> he just wakes up now, with a bottle in his hand. He's just like, ah, twist. Now, I want, now mentioning that, I want to see a Kurt Angle, Steven Seagal buddy cop series. <laughs> it's going to be a reboot of Turner and Hooch or something. Yeah. Angleson, you gotta do that kick I taught you. Kick. I, I would watch it with the fuck at the very least for one time just to see what the hell the train wreck is. Yeah. Anyone else have any other things to say about that before we move on to the next one? Yeah. Uh, have they announced what channel it's gonna be on? Like, I, I can't think of this being any of the major channels. Like, this sounds like it's gonna be on like a Reels or an HD net, some some type of off offbeat channel that you can't really find on your local cable station. Obviously going to be on the TNA network. <laughs> I don't Straight think it's to... even that far. I think that they are just doing the pilot, and then they're going to be shopping it around to see if any networks pick it up. Straight it's going to be on Netflix. Straight to DVD to landfill release. <laughs> Straight to Amazon Prime. 
Straight to Fanboys Anonymous. <laughs> you know if they offered it to you, you'd put it on there. I would. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, he's like, um, shit, I need content. Yeah, I could get, you know, 30 page views from that. <laughs> it's okay, Tony. You don't, it's okay, Tony. You don't have to pay me. TNA doesn't. Right. They'll be like, we'll pay you, dude. Just fucking put it on there. Nobody else wants it. Uh, let's see here. Another one that we have... Jerry Smaller from Extreme Rules got in trouble because he posted a photo of uh, himself before the event, and WWE flipped their shit because in the background, really tiny, you can't really tell unless somebody actually says to you, like, oh, did you pay attention to the shit behind him? The Wyatt family and John Cena are sitting together going over their match. (laughs) And they apparently were like, oh, fuck that, you know, now they know that they're actually, they don't hate each other and all that, as if we don't already know that kind of crap. You got a network that tells you things aren't uh, fake, uh, aren't fake, are fake, and that they're scripted and everything like that. Like, oh, our original plan was for this person to win, and then it's like you tweeted out a photo of people sitting next to each other. God damn it, Jerry Smaller. I think you're missing the greater point here, Tony. There's an opportunity to be mean to a midget. Right? You need to take advantage of every one of those you get. He's gonna job to Rusev. Oh, dude, I'd fucking pay to see. That's the only Rusev match I'd pay to see. I'd, like, pay two potatoes for that. <laughs> Honestly, I've, I've seen this photo, because I was wondering what photo you were talking about. I've seen this photo. I didn't even notice Cena and the Wyatts in the background. I was I was actually paying more attention to JBL just with his feet up in the background. Right, that's the same thing that I did. when I I didn't read why it was supposed to be controversial, and I just clicked under it, and I was just like, well, what's so bad about this? Like, I don't see anything crazy were we not supposed to know that Jerry Smaller was a part of this? It's just... What the fuck? Oh, oh, okay, JBL's in the background looking like he's half asleep. That's not that big of a deal. And then I actually read the description, and I was just like, oh, fuck. That's like... You can just barely see their little heads in the background, and that's it. Big how, are fuck- you gonna, how are you gonna punish him, though? It's like, yeah, we're gonna... We're gonna... We're gonna put everything you. slightly higher than you. I think the bigger story is the fact that they all totally have a case of the not gays because they had to sit like six seats apart from each other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, Luke Harper, this is what you're going to do next. What? <laughs> this is what you're going to do next. What? Guys, I'm sure you can sit next to me. This is just fake. I didn't actually have this stained shirt not cleaned. <laughs> I promise I don't smell that bad. What, yeah, Luke? Then Seth walks in the like, oh, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here, you transient. It's, like, oh, it's Seth Rollins. Oh, hey, Seth. I had to get the Seth Rollins dig in. <laughs> what do you think about that, Sean? <laughs> well, I dozed off. I'm sorry, what? Almost <laughs> Seth Rollins. What's up? A mini Seth Rollins. <laughs> what? I'm confused. <laughs> We're going to move on to our last hot tag here. Lana and Rusev are dating in real life. Get the fuck uh, out of here. For, really? Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Fuck. I don't know how the hell he got into getting uh, Lana out of all people. Well, you work with somebody long enough, you know, things happen. She really needed a starch in her life. I guess he's just being a sweet potato to her. <laughs> We're going to get a lot of mileage at a sweet potato. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I should have copyrighted that when I made that crack last time. <laughs> I made it before you did, like a week, so shut up. <laughs> Jackass, you freaking ruined my ass, Kim. You're going to try to take credit for my jokes now. What the hell do you think you're doing? 
<laughs> God, I'll, I'll, see, I'll go like, somewhere else organic. I would love to see the copyright for oh, that God. too, where it would be like. <laughs> So, sir, what is it that you want to copyright? Uh, I want to copyright calling this guy a sweet potato. <laughs> okay, so why is this a thing? Is this like some kind of a, a you know a video or whatever? No, nah, no, nah, it's just a joke. Just... Dude, if, if yeah, if the Apple... underwriting is that Mike Payton, yeah, that dick, he can't say it. Look, if, if Apple can patent rounded corners, I'm sure Payton can patent calling Rusev a sweet potato. <laughs> They're like, uh, yeah. sure, if you want to waste your money, you can patent that. You could patent anything in this country. <laughs> Sweet potato, a trademark of Wego Incorporated. Wego Media. Rusev comes across that picture that Peyton put earlier about the Rusev totally looks like a potato. And uh, he's just like, wait, why, why am I a potato? And people are fucking trademarking shit now. <laughs> I can't even capitalize on the fact that I'm a potato. <laughs> I want to see this. Become, I want to see this become a thing. I want to see. I want to see a giant cardboard potato in the background of a, of Monday yes! Night Raw. That, oh that, my goodness! There you go. The new sign me up. I was just gonna say it's a new special version of sign me up. If you bring a potato sign that has something to do with Rusev, then we'll end up featuring that on the site. Yes. <laughs> Have that pass around, and uh, WWE will be like, all right, yeah, remember we were thinking about hiring those people? Yeah, they're going to start confiscating potatoes. <laughs> hashtag, um, hashtag Rusev initiative. God, she'll, fucking get first, she'll get first row seats to the fucking Rusev match and just like, wave potatoes in the air. Everyone will be like, what the fuck's that front row doing? <laughs> oh, God. We're going to take nope. a break here, and we're going to go into the rest hold and come back with Extreme Rules 2014 Review. Kick back and relax, it's time for the rest hold, and if you're not sure what that part of the program is, this is when we take a little bit of a break, do some commercials, throw out some other quick segments, talk about other stuff that's going on with Smart Out Moment, Smack Talk, A Mango Tree, whatever the other stuff is that we need to talk about. Bleacher Report Card is the first thing that we're going to talk about here, and those two links that I have down below are the two that I mentioned last week. After every pay-per-view, I usually do results and review coverage, biggest highlights and low points, and the biggest stars of the night. So if you want to read those two articles, find those links below, or you can go to the subcategory of Bleacher Report Card on the homepage of SmartGoutMoment.com, and there are also links on Facebook and on Twitter. Smark My Words is a comment of the week where I showcase one of the things you guys left on the YouTube channel because it was funny or interesting or whatever the case may be. This week, the honor goes to the Habit Man. The way they brought Paige onto the main roster is laughable. So much for salvaging the Divas division. Now that you mentioned Sting, for some reason Paige reminded me of Sting on her Raw debut after Mania. Check it out, her face looked whiter than the rest of her body. She is hot, though, you have to admit. You'd rather wake up to her in bed than with Sting, right? <laughs> Thanks for leaving your comment, Habit Man, and thank you to everybody else who left comments. Keep sending them in. Maybe you'll get it next week. The next edition of the Monthly Mailbag is going to come up either on episode 131 or 132, and that depends on how many questions we get over the next week. If we get a lot, we'll do it next week. If not, then we'll hold it off for another week. So if you guys have any other questions that you want to submit to us to get to know us better, whether it's wrestling related or not, 
fill up that inbox, go to the contact form of the website, shoot us an email, and we'll answer anything you send our way. Sign Me Up Initiative, if you bring a sign that says smartoutmoment.com to any kind of a wrestling event, doesn't have to be WWE, could be anything. Maybe you're one of the three people in the crowd for TNA. <laughs> uh, just send a picture or a video of it to me, and we'll put that on the next episode of Smack Talk, as well as on the website under Internet Wrestling Community Outreach. Check out fanboysanonymous.com, my other website, which is dedicated to geek culture topics like movies and comic books and video games, if you want to know what we think about those kind of subject matters. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fanboysanon, A-N-O-N. We have the Facebook and Twitter accounts and iTunes and Stitcher and everything going for that as well, so check us out on all that. And you'll see everything from our group meeting podcasts and our upcoming fan tracks, For Real Movie Club, Review Point, a lot of different stuff. And lastly, I'm always looking for more contributors on SmartOutMoment.com. So if you want to join as a writer or an editor or anything else like that, send an email using the same contact form as the mailbag questions. And when I get that application, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Break time is over with. Let's start getting into the review of Extreme Rules 2014. Alright, let's start talking Extreme Rules 2014 here, and naturally we're going to start off with the kickoff pre-show match, the WLC match, El Torito versus Hornswoggle. Credit where oh, credit's yeah. due. Oh yeah, Drew White's here. Oh yeah, Drew White, yeah. Ah, you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how you doing, everyone? <laughs> Hence why he doesn't get an introduction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Krusty the Clown. <laughs> So, credit where credit's due, this match actually was a hell of a lot better than I expected it to be. I thought this was going to be just fucking abysmal. And they had some of the best spots of the entire night here. And some of the shit that was there for, you know, just uh, pure comedy, WWE kind of uh, tends to be either hit or miss with that. And I think that this was a hit. I thought that the, the Micro Cole name in particular was fucking hilarious. And, uh... So glad that they changed it at first because they were like, oh, I'm Jerry the Mini King Lawler, which is just, no, that's not trying at all. But Jerry Smaller, that's a good one. WeBL, not so uh, good compared to those, but JBL wasn't too bad. Um, that was cool. Uh, I thought that the, the spots that they did throughout the, the whole match <laughs> were actually some of the best of the night, uh, particularly the one with um, El Torito and I think it was um, Gender and both members of Los Matadores or something like that, where everybody went through the stack of the tables and the chairs and the ladders and everything. That looked pretty fucking brutal. That was like something that Jeff Hardy would have done or something like that. Uh, but El Torito wins via pinfall, and uh, I was surprisingly uh, positive about this match. So let's go in a circle here. Sean, what did you think about the WLC match? Didn't watch it, but yeah, midgets. <laughs> Miguel? I didn't watch it either, but it doesn't surprise me. I mean, El Torito, 
El Torito's a great worker. I mean, if you've seen any of his stuff in Mexico, for a guy his size, he can do some amazing spots. Like I'm, I'm from what I've from what from the bits I've seen, we're we're talking like old school Rey Mysterio level stuff. So really, he seems like the kind of guy you could put with anybody, and he could probably get a decent matchup. And especially putting him with a guy that's his own size, it doesn't surprise me that this matchup was a step above what people were expecting. My only pet peeve of this, and this is a pet peeve I have with a lot of the TLC matches nowadays with WWE, winning by pinfall in a TLC match just feels wrong. Like, there should be something hung up above the ropes that they have to reach up for, even if it's just, you know, a a plaster logo of the event or something, you know. Give them something to reach for. It just seems wrong that it's a pinfall in a TLC match. But I'm sure that I'm actually looking for the matchup right now on on Google Video, see if I can find it. So I want to check it out. Well, I think it was kind of nuts that El Torito was actually able to do um, some pretty surprising things, but Dylan, crap, he, he can't do like anything. <laughs> he like struggled to do a clothesline even. That I don't think they ever actually taught him to wrestle. I think he was just all gimmick. Might be. I think that his height hinders him though. I think well, and like his arms his aren't weight. long enough to do it. His How weight. Can it- <laughs> He's in the ring with somebody his own size. You'd think he'd be able to pull out a two-star match. <laughs> somebody left a comment. I'm sorry that I don't remember who exactly, but somebody said it's good that Dylan's actually wrestling a match because he's a fat fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wago, what did you think about We All See? Fat fuck comment. That's something I make. I'm sure I didn't leave that message. <laughs> it might have been you. <laughs> Um, I really enjoyed this match, and you know what the sad thing is? This is probably the most extreme match of the entire night. Yeah. <laughs> so, awesome show in. Uh, I'm glad they had Free and B get involved and uh, Los Matadores as much as they did. They really made the match. So, awesome. A lot of fun. And anyone that says a bad word about it can go fuck themselves. Drew? Well, I liked it. You know, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. The only, the, there was only one issue with the match, and that's Dylan did not come out on top, which was the right booking decision that they fuck up, because, you know, they need to build Dylan for the future. And, you know, with all the midgets they pulled out, you know, I'm not going to be surprised if some, some midget people get upset, sue him for something, but uh, besides for that, uh, it was, I uh, relatively enjoyed it. It was pretty good. He doesn't need to He's already a former cruiserweight champion. So. What? He can put some well, over. Well, no, no. El Torito is going to be the next underdog Rey Mysterio. He's going to be next world heavyweight champion. He's going to win the Rumble. <laughs> and he's going to be able to pull five-star matches out of Great Khali. You know, I'd be all right with them bringing back the Cruiserweight division, the Cruiserweight title just to give it to Torito. I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, I well, don't want to see that Technically, Hornswoggle is the last Cruiserweight champion. Yeah. Right. Maybe that's well, what they're doing right now. You know what? Book that. That's the next matchup for uh, the next pay-per-view. <laughs> and Peyton, what did you think about this match? Man, it's funny thinking <clears throat> all the way back to where this started. I guess it was the Hall of Fame when they just came out interrupting Jerry the King Lawler on stage and everyone hated it. Everyone thought it was the absolute worst thing in the world. And even going through the last few weeks, people have not been giving this a, a chance. You know, The bar was set very low and I didn't have very big expectations for it. But Man, they 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 really surprised me. Uh, they they went the whole one yard with having the three mini commentators <laughs> and the the mini referee and the mini ring announcer. Um, 
and having everyone else involved was smart. If they just kept it between those two, I don't know if this would have been as enjoyable. Getting all three-man band members in Los Mayadores was the best thing they could have done. My favorite point in the match actually was from Drew McIntyre. There was a point where he just ran and just like completely recklessly, recklessly jumped over and fell right into a table. And I don't know if maybe just because he had the really long hair or what it was, but just he looked like he had no fear whatsoever the way he jumped over into that table. And it looked like it hurt a hell of a lot. Um, good, good for all these guys. You know, I, I think it's great that three man band has steady work. They're pretty much on TV every single week. And I hope that this shows that they have the ability to entertain and can possibly be part of a consistent program going forward. When Drew McIntyre did that, I didn't even notice anybody in the area that he was trying to hit. No, it looked looked like he just did. (laughs) It did look like that, didn't it? Like he just was like, well, everybody else is doing it. (laughs) Run to the opposite side. He's like, ah, table spot. Ah." You know what? Fuck my career. (laughs) Such a weird spot. It really did come off like that, though. He was just kind of just like, meh, yeah, went in Rome. Woo! And then, fuck, ah, damn it, that hurt a lot more than I expected it to. <laughs> Hi, I'm Drew McIntyre, and this is Jackass. <laughs> oh, God, that's the perfect way to bring in Wee Man. <laughs> now I really want to see that. Uh, all right, next match that we're going to talk about in the next segment is going to be the triple threat match between Cesaro, Rob Van Dam, and Jack Swagger. Part 5, triple threat match, Cesaro versus Jack Swagger versus Rob Van Dam. Jack Swagger gets eliminated first, and Cesaro wins via pinfall after a pretty decent spot where um, RVD misses a frog splash and Cesaro hits a neutralizer on a trash can. The actual only neutralizer I can think of that looked like it would fucking hurt as bad as it should have been for a finisher. I'm not a big fan of the neutralizer, and I still think that the swing is cool, and the uppercut is his top move. But this was a lot better than I expected it to be. I actually liked this match. And maybe that's because Cesaro was really the focal point of the whole thing. And it wasn't just RVD. Maybe Swagger being involved kind of offset RVD. I don't know what the case is. But whatever uh, ended up contributing to this being a better match. I thought that it was actually pretty entertaining. And with the We All See match being better than I expected, and then this one, we were on for a pretty decent roll. So kudos to those guys for pulling this off. And uh, I really like the uh, beginning of it with Paul Heyman cutting the promo where he says about the uh, WWE only gets uh, it right once a year when they go extreme and then pulls out the uh, the 11th commandment of the extreme is thou shalt not boo Paul Heyman. <laughs> Uh-huh. I thought that that was actually pretty interesting. So, circle again. Sean, triple threat match. Your thoughts? This was one of the matches I actually enjoyed. Did they announce beforehand it was going to be elimination or no? I think that they said it, like, on SmackDown or something. Ah, right. Because that surprised me. I was like, what the fuck? For RVD one. But considering there were so many botches in this fucking match, all thanks to RVD... He mistimed his rolling thunder. Did anybody catch that or no? That's been the case for most RVD matches since he's returned. It was so bad to watch. It was good. <laughs> Miguel? Didn't watch it, but they made the right decision on having Cesaro go over. There's no reason for RVD to get the win, and 
Jack Swag. You know what? I'm going to say this. I've been watching old Real Americans footage. I'm I'm becoming more and more of a fan of Jack Swagger and the whole Real American gimmick, but I I don't he doesn't need to win this matchup, not yet. We go. A uh, fantastic showing from all three, in my opinion. They worked really well together. I'm not a big fan of Jack Swagger, but he did his part here, and the right man went over tonight. So, well, that night. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Drew. Eh, it was okay. Hayden. Well, at least he's not sneezing. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I think I swallowed a bug or something. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? <coughs> okay. 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 That's all you did. You're, no, sorry. You're sorry. I ser- You're sorry. <laughs> I, seriously, I seriously had, like, something get caught up in my throat. That was fucking shitty. All right. Uh... This match actually was my least favorite match of the night. I don't know if it was because it was after that awesome WLC match or what it was, but I just did not find myself invested in this at all. Uh, I was mortified by Jack Swagger's presence. I didn't care at all about Rob Van Dam, and Cesaro's music just pissed me off. Uh, The best thing about the whole match was Paul Heyman's bit before it because he got to say that his client Brock Lesnar conquered the streak. Wait, wait. Wait, what? What happened? Yeah, you didn't hear Brock Lesnar important that it's Brock Lesnar it wasn't CM Punk it, it wasn't Curtis Waxel it was Brock Lesnar whoa whoa, whoa 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 I thought they screwed I thought they screwed Taker <laughs> fuck me Miguel makes his joke everyone shits on him and fucking everyone plays along with it now what the fuck happened <laughs> <laughs> alright we're gonna move on here handicap match Alexander Potato versus R-Truth and Xavier Woods Handicap match between Rusev and R-Truth and Xavier Woods here. Quick note right before we start talking about the match itself. They ran a little Bo Dallas promo. And this was probably my favorite one so far. Where they've got like the pregnancy test. (laughs) That was ridiculous. So that put me in a good mood going into this. But the match ended up sucking. And it was as uh, bad as I expected it to be. Which is really a shame because they were doing pretty well for me here. And this is where they kind of just turned it over, did a 180, and started uh, taking things the wrong way. Lana's getting into this habit now where she really milks her entrance. And that's perfectly fine because when she does the whole spinning around thing so people get a look at her body and stuff like that, it's so much better than when Rusev fucking comes out. And <laughs> now that we've been doing this whole potato <laughs> thing, I literally can only picture him as a fucking potato. <laughs> he's done. It's, he's fucking... If this gets out, he's definitely done. Like, people are already, like, <laughs> counting him out because he's, like, a ripoff of Kozlov or whatever. If this potato thing gets out, he's finished. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, Lana comes out and it's like, you know, she's this stunning woman who's got these great legs and she's, you know, spinning around so you get a look at her body and everything like that. And then it's just like, oh, here's Rusev and he just comes out full potato-y. <laughs> and it's just, his theme song is so, like, it just beats into your head. And we, we've we been beats doing this. potatoes. <laughs> we've been doing this thing, uh, mostly off-air, but we've been doing it on-air, too, of singing Rusev's theme as potato uh, lyrics. And I have no idea when that's going to stop in my head, but 
now the the lyrics that pop up in my head every time I'm doing that while I'm watching this guy who looks like a potato walk into the ring and I'm supposed to take him seriously is all just Moose and Potato. <laughs> like, so I get taken out of the matches immediately when this happens. <laughs> and so fans are chanting USA because there's a Vladimir Putin thing that they threw out there, which some people are upset about. I don't know why. It's wrestling. We do stupid crap like that all the time. Uh, R-Truth does the, we're not going to do the rap. We're going to dedicate this to America and immediately gets his ass kicked. <laughs> but poor Xavier Woods. He gets one kick and he's done the entire match. How to fucking put that guy over, right? Jeez. Potato strong. Yeah. Well, he also got rammed into the metal and took a big slam. It was a bit more than a kick. Yeah, but the but... kick really put him out of it. I mean, that was just like the icing on the cake. But, uh, man, that was just a terrible showing for Xavier Woods. And our truth to an extent, too. But these Rusev squashes, I've said it before, I'll say it again. They need more depth than just this stuff. Or he's not going to go past being a potato to me. Sean? Fucking pointless. Send him back to Toy Story. <laughs> Miguel? Uh, it's interesting. Um, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's it's it, it is what it is, you know. Where you go? It was a squash match, which could have been on Raw. Did not need a pay per view spot. And as far as the quality of it goes, average squash match. It wasn't that exciting. We should stop calling them squash matches. Yeah, because it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a vegetable and it reminds no, me potatoes. Should it be a mash match? A mash match. You know, you know what? That, or or that is it a does, whipped match? Or a that squash does rem- match? That does remind me, though. I do get points for him being on pay-per-view, so it's a positive for me. Yeah, the Rusev thing's going to pay off at the very beginning for that. He's going to have a lot of mash matches. <laughs> <laughs> He's See, if I, had, if I hadn't said squash, though, it would have never been born. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, your thoughts on the match match? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, it was it was a match match. It was a squash. And I, I, I guess uh, potatoes. Potato mash and Rusev, Lana. Uh, <laughs> You're just saying words. <laughs> yeah. Rusev, uh, uh, ropes. Uh, tendons. What the, f- what the fuck were these? Uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, the tow truck. <laughs> tow truck. Yeah. Where is the Usos? That's what I want to know. They should have a match. One of them just got married, so I think they're on their honeymoon as well. <laughs> Daniel Bryan lost a father, and he still appeared on Raw that night. No, they have no excuses. That doesn't mean Jay can't appear in a one-on-one match. Oh. Thank you, Jay Z. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Done before you started, kid. <laughs> Peyton. Who's a potato? Who's a potato? Cut him into French fries. <laughs> uh, you, you know, I, I really don't mind the squash matches or the mash matches. I, I could get in that habit. Um, but they really need to hire some new black people for him to face. Because it's been the same three <laughs> over and over. And it's getting kind of old. That's the problem. If he faces someone besides R-Truth, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, maybe it'll at least seem fresh. But at this point, that potato's starting to get a little spoiled. That is a little weird. I didn't notice that until you just said that. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. So, like, I don't mind him beating black people up, but it, it gets boring watching the same ones get beat up. <laughs> 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 alright guys tell us what you think of the potato match and uh, we're going to move on to the Intercontinental title in the next segment Intercontinental Championship Biggie Langston or well he's not Langston anymore it's just the same as Alexander Rusev's not Alexander Big E loses the title to Bad News Barrett and big pop for Bad News Barrett Big E really didn't get that much of a support here. Same thing for Raw, because Bad News Barrett's uh, just awesome. Good news. Got to say that, because um, I love that pun. Uh, Big E hasn't been doing that well with the championship. They really just kind of have been stagnant with that stuff. So having Bad News Barrett as a champion is going to be nothing but a positive in my book. And the match was okay. Uh, the There was not really too much to pinpoint as far as like negative or positives that I would remember. Nice bull hammer, which that looked like it could actually knock you out. I really hate the finishers that look like they don't hurt at all. The bull hammer makes sense. You get nailed in the head. Of course you might be out for three seconds instead of a stupid ass thing like wasteland. Never liked that finisher at all. So positives. That's all really I have to say about that. Sean, I see title match. See, I'm the opposite, see. I prefer the Wasteland to his fucking Bullhammer. I fucking hate that Bullhammer move. Really? What do you like about Wasteland better? It just looks more impactful than <laughs> an elbow with an elbow pad turned inside out. I just no, 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 no. He, he pulls it up to reveal another one under it. Come on. Uh-huh. Yeah, to each his own. He, he, he turns it inside you know. out to turn it into red. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, I've got some good news. What? The Continental Championship is relevant again. No, it's not relevant again. It's it never been. No, I, I gotta I have, disagree. I it's not relevant. It's, it's gonna take uh, it's gonna take more than a year to make in that or the U.S. title relevant. It really is we'll at this see. point. We'll see. I think it's yeah, gonna take a combination of the two. Do 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 do. Barra's gonna make it relevant again. Guaranteed. You know what sucked about the wasteland? The only good thing about it was that he screamed when he did it. Fun what fact. Just like a normal scream, I don't remember that. He's just like, oh! I forget what he said, but he, he screamed something when he would throw him down. <laughs> Miguel, thoughts on IC title match? I'm glad that they're doing something with the IC belt for the longest time. You know, we thought that Big E was going to do something with it. They were going to really push him forward because it seemed like that's where, they're, where they were going. And then Big E really did nothing with the belt. So they seem to be high on Bad News Barrett. Hopefully they'll actually follow through with this, and he won't just disappear from from TV to bring you know just bringing the belt with him when he feels like it. Hopefully this will give him purpose. Where you go? I was very big on the match. I felt it could have been better, but I was just happy with the result. So it probably bumped it up um, as far as quality goes in my eyes. Um, the flood. I can't remember if this was the Raw match or the Extreme Rules match, but the Flying Bull Hammer was that Extreme Rules. Mm. I think that was a raw match. Yeah, that was cool too. <laughs> Whichever but, one, uh, that was cool. Yeah. So, yay Bullhammer and yay Wade Barrett. True. Yeah, you know, Wade Barrett's an IC title holder. Again, I see that he's the title holder, but uh, for some reason I get this feeling that he's going to be like everyone else who's held the title for the past two years, and it's just not going to matter in four months when WWE gets bored with him and 
you know, and then Sean's gonna see that he's gonna be irrelevant, and he's gonna be like Big E. Big E could face Rusev. I wonder why I'm seeing that. You know what? Big E needs to rejoin up with Dolph and go for the tag team championships. I you think know, Big E needs a tag team partner. Maybe not necessarily Dolph, but I think that he could do well on a tag team. Um, it was a it was a good match. Nothing great, but it was good. And just I can't wait for uh, someone else to hold the title in four months. Payton? I see. I already made the joke. No, I said hi, see, because I'm, I'm thirsty. I see. I don't know where the hell I'm going with this. I'm happy Wade Barrett won. We all knew he was going to win. Uh, I don't know where the hell Big E's going to go from here. Uh, Wade Barrett's got a cool new cloak. That's awesome. Uh, long may he reign. <laughs> all right, guys. More important match coming up in the next one. Evolution versus The Shield. Evolution versus Shield. Match of the night, as far as I'm concerned. I thought that this was awesome from start to finish. And uh, the spots... I can't, you know, just list them all. That's kind of pointless. But um, they were all interesting. Everybody looked good in this match. Whether you were Seth Rollins going up against Batista, where you've got that size difference and you wouldn't think that that necessarily would work, or Roman Reigns with Triple H, which that gives us a little bit of an inclination of what their singles match might be. Randy Orton not doing just rest holds the whole time. Dean Ambrose coming out of his shell a little bit more, too. I've said before, he's not my favorite out of the shield when it comes to the in-ring action, and I thought that he was more than solid on this. Everything from the different Superman punches and the finishers going crazy and all that, I thought this match was just awesome. It wasn't as good as Shield versus Wyatt Family, but it definitely was my favorite match of the night, and something that gave it a significant boost up after watching the Rusev one. So, all good stuff from my end. Sean, Evolution versus Shield. For me, this was my match of the night, and Seth Rollins stole the show. And when he jumped off the fucking balcony onto Randy Horton's head, that was pretty impressive. Fair dues to the lad. More guts than I've ever got. Miguel? Um, like I said, I didn't watch the pay-per-view, so I'm guessing Evolution won, if I'm not mistaken? No. No, Shield won. Shield won. Considering Batista's going to be gone soon, I think that was probably the best choice going forward. <laughs> Way go. All right, let's uh, try and redeem that. Um, <laughs> as, far, as far as this um, match went, it was um, really slow in the beginning, and I felt they could have quickened the pace up. I understand they got to go a long time, and they was trying to tell a story. I felt it could have been told a bit better. That doesn't change the fact, but it was a fantastic match, though. Um, and the spot with Seth Rollins uh, jumping off the balcony was probably the highlight of it. And it was nice seeing uh, Roman Reigns being the one to pick up the fall. It's obviously that's the guy that they're setting their focus on when the shield eventually breaks up. And I'm looking forward to seeing where this Evolution Shield match goes. Uh, the rumors are that it's going to be Roman Reigns versus Triple H. And if that's the case, as long as Reigns goes over, it will be fucking awesome. Do you think it was a little bit weird and annoying that the whole time they were brawling on the outside, Roman Reigns and Batista were just kind of laying in the ring for like five straight minutes? Yeah, I would have been okay with that had they have like taken some really huge-ass moves or a chair shot or something. I mean, it's extreme rules. You can get a bit creative with that. But it was a bit awkward. Um, but tell you what, Batista sold that Superman punch awesomely. He always you know, sells that Superman punch. 
Yeah, he fucking looked like he got the shit knocked out of him. Maybe he did. I know we can't take a punch in MMA and in an MMA fight, so yeah. <laughs> Sin Cara is gonna come beat him up. <laughs> He's like, "You're next, mm-hmm. Batista." <laughs> Book T's on. Book T's on the outside, fucking cheering, cheering him on. Tell me, I did not just see Sin Cara beat up Batista. Wait, is that Sin Cara? I see tape on the bottom of his boot. Drew. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was a uh, was pretty good. I liked it. It wasn't the best Shield match, but you know, it was still really good. It was definitely the best match of the night. Um, not really much to say that everyone else touched on. You know, the Seth Rollins uh, spot was probably my favorite of the night. And you know, yeah, it, I like I said, not much to say, but it was a good match. Peyton, it was definitely the match of the night as we probably hoped it would be. Uh, the other one possibly being the main event which I think exceeded expectations, which could put ahead of it if you're going by that scale, but we'll talk about that one next. This, I I felt like this was an old-school gang warfare-type matchup, like stuff you got back in the day when we had all the factions back in the late 90s or in the days of the Horsemen. You didn't see things like this in a long time. Um, they, they brawled all throughout the arena. They did some really crazy extreme stuff. This was just fantastic. Shield showing that they belonged in the league with those guys. Not that there was any question about it, but they definitely cemented it. And they put on a damn good show, and I look forward to any more matches they might try to pull out. Next match, we're going to talk about Steel Cage, John Cena versus Bray Wyatt. John Cena versus Bray Wyatt steel cage match. Bray Wyatt wins via escaping the door because a little kid scares the crap out of John Cena. And I didn't really like this match. Uh, I thought that this was typical John Cena crap. He beats the hell out of three guys at once, essentially, throughout the whole match. Anytime that Bray Wyatt is winning, it's only because Harper and Rowan are interfering. And even then, they're not interfering in ways that John Cena is really being uh, taken out and uh, you know causing a lot of problems. It's John Cena just kind of mildly inconvenienced. But that's never a good thing when people uh, criticize John Cena for the same crap all the time. So lots of uh, negatives in this, no real positives. I don't remember anything really standing out as being something good throughout the whole match. I'm glad that Bray Wyatt wins, but he, of course, had to win in some kind of a stupid-ass way. It's a shame. Sean? Fucking retarded. Fucking retarded. Why didn't John Cena just go for the pin instead of escaping all the fucking time? And I, do, I can't even remember Eric Rowan actually, not Eric Rowan, Luke Harper actually getting into the ring. I think that's when I started to nod off. And then I woke up around the time when the kids started singing. So, yeah. Good match. We go. Uh, you know what? I I I knew this was going to be the case. I knew that Bray was going to get his win back. I mean, that's always the case. But uh, it's from what you're telling me, it was a standard John Cena squash matchup, and it was in a cage. And you know, with WWE cage matches nowadays, there's probably no blood. So it just to me sounds just completely lame. Although it's nice to finally have a cameo by Little Jimmy. Apparently, Little Jimmy's a heel. <laughs> just Little Johnny. Oh, was it? No, it was no, no. It's, no, it's Johnny, it's, not Jimmy. No, it's Johnny. Little, uh, what's his name? Stone Cold. Uh, no, our truth. <laughs> little Jimmy. Little Jimmy exists, and he's a heel, apparently. Little Marvin Gaye with that voice. 
Where you go? Overbooked fucking bullshit. This match was fucking horrendous. It's a cage match. You don't need to overbook it for Bray to come out on top. You want to protect Cena? That's fine. Have Bray fucking escape through the door. You can have Cena trying to get out the cage and fucking Bray gets dragged through the door at the end or something. This match just made Luke Harper look weak, Eric Rowan look weak, and Bray look weak. It was stupid. Fucking stupid. So it was a Cena match, basically. It was fucking stupid. Drew? I don't hate it as much as you guys did, but I didn't think it was amazing. I, I, it, it was just okay. If I had a, was it? I forget if it was Rowan or Harper, but I remember at one point when Cena was trying to escape, and then one of the the Harper or Rowan climbed up the cage, put him on his shoulders, and took him back to the ring. I thought that was pretty cool. That was Rowan, I think. Yeah, I, I thought that was cool, but. You know, I, I've never liked the idea of you get escape via door. I think that's stupid. They need to get rid of that door because I swear it was so stupid. They even did a part when it had showed Cena was stronger than Rowan and Harper by tra- holding the door. Yeah, put together. To open it. Yeah, and God, that was so stupid. <laughs> you know, I, it, this match was over, overbooked, but I really don't. Hate it. I mean, yes, there were some really stupid parts. I didn't even like. I didn't even like little Johnny or whatever the fuck his name is now making an appearance. I think a little white, but I, I don't know. I I have mixed feelings about this. You, well, we all know Cena's gonna get the win back that he essentially won twice already. I don't even consider that a loss for him. So yep, can't wait for payback to happen. I can't wait for Bray Wyatt to look like an even bigger bitch then. I think you guys are overanalyzing this match. It was just John Cena versus a homeless dude inside of a steel cage. And eventually the homeless dude started going crazy on him, but he's John Cena, so of course he could fight off homeless dudes. I mean, they're homeless. How dangerous can they be? Cena never fought off Seth Rollins. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I'm happy that Bray Wyatt got a victory here. I I do wish he could have gotten a little stronger throughout it, but it's it's really not that deep. I think people are just looking for a reason to complain. I mean, it wasn't the best match in the world, but it was far from awful. And I really liked what they did at the end. I love what they're doing with Bray Wyatt now. For all the shitting on him we did when he first came around, all the character stuff especially, but even just the whole package in general, his match quality has improved. This not being a great example of that, but in general, his match quality has improved. The the character stuff as far as the, the lights going out and coming back on with crazy stuff happening, all the kids singing, it's it's great. It's fantastic. Divas Championship coming up in the next part, Tamina Snuka against Paige. This will be a quick one. Paige defeats Tamina Snuka in a you know, standard Divas match. Blah. Scorpion Crosslock still has no name. Modified. Hey, yeah, <laughs> modified. Get the fucking right to Modified. Right respect. Respect. God, fucking read a Wikipedia once in a while. <laughs> fucking amateur hour here. Bush League. The only positive I have to say really about this is it's good that Paige can actually do the little hand slap with the fans now since they spent like an entire month where she totally avoided it and just looked like a heel more than anything else. That's really it, though. This sucked. Yeah, you know. Uh, oh, you yeah, actually, there is one thing I can mention too. That um, one spot where Paige goes for the Hurricanrana, and Tamina slammed her into the barricade. Decent. <laughs> That's about it. Sean. 
My wife won, that's all I give a shit about. <laughs> Miguel? I don't have much to say. This is the bathroom break match. Where you go? Twenty, you didn't see. It wasn't a bad Davis match, but by no means was it good. So it was there. It filled a spot. And yay, but they kept the belt on page, I guess. Drew? Classic. <laughs> Payton? Well, I was watching this pay-per-view on a delay by this point because of Game of Thrones. So I use this as an opportunity to fast forward. So I have no clue what went on during the match. But I am going to assume that Paige looked fucking hot. Tamina didn't. And <laughs> uh, that's all. Yeah, you pretty much summed it up. <laughs> all right. WWE World Heavyweight Championship match. Daniel Bryan versus Kane. Daniel Bryan versus Kane for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Kind of a bland match, I would say, but there were some spots that were kind of interesting. I liked that part. With bland? The... Yeah. How on earth could you use the term bland in a match that has a flaming table? Because outside and a of... fucking forklift. Outside the... of those two <laughs> spots, there wasn't really anything else I... to the match. Oh, yeah, like when he threw the giant CO2 tank into the windshield of the car. Yeah, that happens every fucking week. I didn't think that, that was impressive see you do it <laughs> it was throw something okay <laughs> give me one i'll throw it fucking good argument there <laughs> we're gonna start giving credit to people throwing things uh but um yeah they're outside of those spots i didn't really enjoy that much of the match but those spots really did make it that much better and it ended up being one of the better matches of the night because of that but um you take those away, and it would have been a disappointment. Now, they were cool, and I particularly liked the idea that he picked them up in the forklift and didn't just drag them out like towards the ring, and that's the end of the story, that he actually dumped him into the ring. <laughs> that was the best part about that. And another good thing about that was he attacks him with... It was a crowbar, or was it a tire iron? I can't remember now. Tire iron. I thought it was... Okay, yeah. Uh, the tire iron, he hits him with that, and he's taken a while to figure out what to do and normally wwe does that suspension of disbelief where he hits him like once or twice with the tire iron and he's out and that's it now granted you get hit with a fucking tire iron you could be dead but in wwe logic you should be up uh after a little while and they made it a point where when he puts him on the uh the forklift he hits him a couple more times that's like okay that makes sense now that he can have this time to like figure out how to maneuver driving the fucking forklift through and everything. And I loved in that section, the crowd isn't really going nuts for it because they're really still just trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. So there's no roll pop until he starts actually driving to the point where you see the arena. And then people are just like, Oh, Hey, it's us. Like <laughs> But that was cool. The table spot with all the gasoline and the fire and all that, that was cool as well. <laughs> but it really was kind of a shame that they had to have people set up immediately with the fire extinguishers. So it's like, can you the table? And they're like, all right, five, four, three, two. Okay, now so let's spray them. Like, <laughs> those guys jumped right onto it. Safety first, obviously, had to do that. But <laughs> it really kind of seemed like that was planned. It almost seemed like they were more of an annoyance to Kane than the fire. Right. Like the way that he's like, ah, oh, no, fuck, fuck, get back in the ring. Oh, God. Cold. 
It's like, God damn it, let's just go back into the fire again. Get the fire God, away. stop spraying me! Ugh. <laughs> stop spraying me or I'm going to toss it and Peyton's going to be really <laughs> impressed. Yeah, the story, it's just the story. <laughs> Storyline should be that fucking Kane was screwed by the WWE staff. <laughs> it's going to be like another event with the old NXT where they would do like the strength competitions. How far can you do a catapult of a CO2 extinguisher? Uh, Alright, so Sean, your thoughts on the main event of the night? Worst fucking match of the year. Really? That bad? Yeah, I fucking hated it. Fucking awful. The only good part about it was when Kane threw the television to the water. That was it. That was it. It's the worst Daniel Bryan match I've ever seen. The worst Kane match I've ever seen. It was fucking awful. Don't like the chemistry between them. And if I have to watch it for payback, I'm not going to watch it. Ouch. Miguel. Uh, you know what? The better man won. I foolishly made the mistake that Kane was going to win the title. I figured there was going to be a case where they might put the belt on Kane and have Brian chase him up until SummerSlam. Because truth be told, who do they have really that could fit into that slot going forward? But you know what? They wanted to send the fans home happy. And so the better man won. There you go. Ah, shit. My fucking mic wouldn't mute. There we go. <laughs> um... If you think that's one of the worst Kane match you've ever seen, Sean, don't go watch your stuff with The Undertaker, Jesus. Um, I thought the match was awesome. This is a case where overbooking works, and it was just a lot of fun. I didn't read... I, but my expectations for this was just going to be that it was absolutely going to be abysmal, and it was far from that. They told a really fun story, and Daniel Bryan... Dumping him into the ring with a forklift and doing the diving headbutt was freaking awesome. So I love this match start from finish, and I think the feud goes downhill from here. Drew, I thought it was good. It was I didn't think it was as good as the uh, Evolution Shield match, but I still think it was a good uh, way to close out the show. Um, the forklift, enough said. I thought that was fantastic, and I. You where Sean says that the chemistry between the two isn't good. I've always thought that they had good chemistry together. I, when they faced at SummerSlam a few years ago, I, I liked that match. I can't remember too many times they faced each other since then. But, uh, yeah, I've always – I wish they would – I don't know if they did on Raw, but I wish they would mention the whole hell no thing a little bit because I think it's somewhat relevant. I think it's somewhat relevant to their past. I don't think that they did. They might have, but I didn't catch that. I think they should. It, it does mean something to the storyline because I remember when, when they broke up, they both said they wanted to be the WWE champion. And it makes sense to an extent now that they're feuding for the WWE Heavyweight Championship. I think it make it, it would be a fine way to add something to the feud besides for Bree screaming and Kane chasing. So, yeah. Payton? I loved this match. This was a harken back to an Attitude Era hardcore match. As soon as I saw them going back towards the backstage area, I just got super excited. I was like, yes, show me what you got. And they started off battling around the gorilla position. Kane throws the TV into the water that you hear sparking for like the next five minutes. They're battling out of the cars. There's glass being shattered. And then he busts out the forklift and... He brings him out, and you said he dumps him off, but you also didn't mention how Daniel Bryan then climbs up to the top of the platform on the forklift and then jumps off for a flying headbutt off of it. 
Um, the the flaming table spot was awesome. I mean, it's a shame they had to rush those uh, rush the fire extinguishers. I actually saw them setting up before they even bought they got the table set up. I was like, oh, fire extinguishers. Someone's probably going to go on fire. So we it was were, actually, it was ruined for me like 30 seconds before it even happened. When you were watching them set up, were you like, I hope somebody throws one of them? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I thought it was a fantastic match. I don't know if I want to see any more of them. I, I, you got, it's got to be downhill because I don't think they could possibly go uphill from here. And where do you go after a match like that? You can't have a regular match. I mean, that has been kind of WWE's logic. Like, Let's have a Hell in a Cell match first, and then we'll just go to a singles match. <laughs> yeah, the um, rumor that they're doing now, according to Scoop, Scoop, Scoops, is that they're going to do a Buried Alive match, which we haven't seen in a while. Ooh. That would be cool. Um, I remember when Undertaker and Brock Lesnar had a burial matchup. Was that at the Great American Bash, I believe, or was that the one where um, was that the one where Team 3D kidnapped uh, Heyman? Punjabi Prison. That I I'm not you, sure because I wasn't I watching then. I think you just mixed about five different matches up, but whatever. Buried Alive matches are a little bit odd, though. They're cool in concept, but a lot of the time when they're actually doing it, it's a little boring. It's kind of like a Last Man Standing match where you sort of just wish that they would cut to the end. Because when you have somebody dragging somebody up and then you know they're starting to shovel the dirt and then they get back up again and all that, if they aren't careful, it can get really repetitive and boring. So... Um, I'm interested in seeing it, but I actually would rather, instead of a Buried Alive match, I'd rather see a casket match. I don't know if they would really want to do that instead, but it seems to be easier. So that's one thing that's positive. Uh, Something else to mention in this match that I thought was uh, funny. When Daniel Bryan was driving the forklift, uh, (laughs) there was a part where Jerry Lawler starts suggesting that instead of, like, taking him back to the ring or anything like that. He's like, drive him in there with a wall or another car. How about visit a different city? Like, Jerry Lawler said, they're just like, yeah, hey, fucking kill him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so cool spots in this match. And, um, hopefully they can follow it up with something as good, if not better. And some other kind of an interesting gimmick instead of just doing what Peyton was saying. Like, uh, now we're just going to have a singles match or now it's going to be two out of three falls or something like that. They need something with more oomph to it. We have one more thing that we're going to do in this episode, and that's going to be Fantasy League Talk. And then that'll knock us out. So stay tuned for the next segment. So last bit of business, Fantasy League, which means I'm going to pass this over to Mr. Payton. Yeah, I'm taking over. What's up, y'all? It is time once again for our Fantasy League to be rolling. The start of our second season. We're super stoked for that. Started at Extreme Rules this Sunday, and what a hot way it started off. If you're me, anyway, because I have managed to solidify myself in first place with 123 points. Thanks in part to Bad News Barrett, my number one draft pick after everyone laughed at me, making him my number one. Stuck it to you guys. And also Cesaro as well, doing a good job. Surprisingly, in second place, Mr. Sean Walker's Team Homeless after two good nights from the Wyatts, as well as finally getting the debut of Adam Rose. Down in third place is Tony Mango's Tony's Tykes with 72 points. In fourth place is Drew White's Drew Crew with 68 points. Fifth place, Miguel Leon's Team Best for Business with 34. And poor Steven Wago's Team Stoner really trailing behind with negative 30 
six points. Yeah, it was your team just sucked because you didn't get to draft the team. We see how that worked. <laughs> hey, this is early going yet, and extra one pay per view fucked me over, but I got winners. Is that the it, first time that anybody's ever had a negative score? No, um, Miguel and Braden had negative numbers at certain points last year, but that that was you know special circumstance because they had extra shitty teams because they they drafted late. Yeah, we go. Yeah, so way go. <laughs> you, you did you did kind of set a new standard with this. Well, you actually you almost what? had like you almost had like a perfect negative score for extreme rules. Like almost <laughs> every single one of your people lost. The only reason Big Show didn't lose is because he didn't wrestle. Well, Cena's gonna end up beating Bray Wyatt and all my other guys except for Big E is gonna do something good. Okay. Uh, well in addition to uh this at Extreme Rules, we also had our predictions contest where if we win three of them in a row, we get to have the shakeup. You knew we had the shakeup last year. We did it a little differently where we only had the predictions at the big pay-per-views. This time we're doing it every month, but you have to get three in a row in order to earn that shakeup. For Extreme Rules, I actually won that as well with a perfect score, getting 36 points overall. So I need two more in order to get that shakeup ability. Keep your fingers crossed for me as we go through the next two months. Now, one last bit of business for the Fantasy League is any trades. As we did with our waiver wire last year, we are going to go in the order that we are currently in, starting from lowest going up to the highest. So we start with you, Mr. Wago. Is there any subs you would like to make? Big E for El Torito. <laughs> okay. Well, that's official then. Miguel, take it to you. Anything you want? <sighs> okay. Um, I don't know what Cody Rhodes' situation is, but for now I'm going to hold on to him. Other than that, no one. I'm I'm happy with my situ- with my uh, teams. All right, well, Cody, you hear that? He's got his eye on you. You better shape up, or your days may be numbered. Drew, we actually head to you, man. You were in second place, pretty much first place the entire season last year. You're sitting a lot lower. Is there anything you want to change at this point? Dropping Fandango for Ryback. Wow, I guess that uh, talk we had earlier this week really got you thinking. Ryback, really? <laughs> to be fair, I can I was considering trading Big E for him, so it's not. That much of a dumb choice. Really? Wow. It's no, it's still a dumb choice. It just means you were equally as dumb. <laughs> nah. You wanted to get more negative points. <laughs> That's the way goes. Uh, whole point. He's going to try to get as many negative as possible. Be like, See, I got I, first place in list. So if I can match the leaders' um, <laughs> score, but with negatives, does that do I get a prize? So you get you get a T-shirt. You get the opposite of the shake-up. You get a Tony's Tykes t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'll never actually get it. <laughs> Tony, is there anyone you want to remove from the Tykes? Yes, indeed. Whoa. I will be dropping The Miz Ooh. and picking up Brie Bella. Oh, I see what you're doing there. Yeah, we got the, the little divas action getting on to Tony's Tykes. So tykes. You're, you're... That's another word that rhymes with Tykes. <laughs> That's the stupidest name in the world. <laughs> So you're still the team with Del Rio, then. <laughs> yeah, well, we take it to Mr. Sean Walker. Team Homeless, anyone you want to take or remove? Team Homeless is staying unchanged. I don't blame you. That brings it to myself. Team Next Gen will also be remaining as is because they are freaking awesome. So, Wago, we come back to you if there's anybody you would like to also trade. Uh, nah. All right, and that'll take us to Drew. Anybody else for you? What about Miguel? Miguel. I already said yeah. that my team is staying. Uh, oh, okay. Well, I guess I guess there's a chance if he wants Biggie, Fandango, or Miz, but that's up to him. 
No, I, I, uh, Big E is tempting, but I, I don't know what they're going to do with him yet, so I'll hold on to Cody. Okay. He's got the thing with Goldust apparently going on. All right, then we go back to you, Drew. No, I'm, I'm good for the time being. All right, and Tony, is there any other trades you would like to do? I would really, really like to trade Alberto Del Rio for a lot of different people, but nobody is on the um, the list that I can right now that I would like to pick up. So hey, guess guess Cara, he's gonna be the next U.S. champ. <laughs> <laughs> if this was shoot fights, I'd definitely pick him over Sheamus. All right, well, with that, that'll wrap up all the business for our Fantasy League this week. Lots of stuff going down just for our first week. To continue with all the other things going down, follow us at KeepingKFabe.com or on the Keeping Kayfabe Facebook page where I'll be posting all the updates that you want to be paying attention to, such as point changes, substitutions, current rosters, all the rules, and whatever the heck else, stuff like that, that you want to look up. All right, guys, the very last thing that we're doing here, plugs. Thurman Sparky plugs. So, plugs. for your Thurman Sparky plugs, Sean, you're up first. Hello, and um, yeah, um, search for my YouTube channel, which is Happy Pope Gaming Productions. I am going to have either Tony or Mr. Payton on my channel, as I'm going to be interviewing them sometime later on this month. Hope you guys are looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, follow me on the Twitter at SeanLC2K37. There you go. Uh, search blogtalkradio.com for my show, The Untitled Movie Show. Uh, we do it live every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock on blogtalkradio.com. Uh, last uh, couple days ago, we did our episode on... Oh, hold on, what was... Movies oh, without uh, titles? No, 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 no. We did our... <laughs> I was going <laughs> to... I was going to say we did the uh, Scream retrospective, but that was last week. Uh, this week we did a sequel to our video games episode. We did video games part two. Uh, and uh, as a heads up, guys, uh, we are doing an episode next week, uh, but I will not be a part of it because I'll be out of town. So um, it's going to be left up to the rest of the guys. They are going to be doing an episode, and the episode is going to be on TVs on TV versus movies. Uh, mm. Basically, the difference between how TV nowadays has kind of overtaken movies in terms of content, in terms of quality and things like that. So definitely check that out. 8 o'clock, Tuesday nights, blogtalkradio.com, the Untitled Movie Show. We go. All right, you can check out Addicted to Anime. We have a monthly podcast over on Mega Powers Radio and Catch the Archive and Fanboys Anonymous. Um, this uh, this month we're going to be covering Tenjo Tenge. It's an anime with big tits, fighting, and drama. So pretty much any anime. Um, in addition to that, you should check out udmma.com. Unanimous Decision Mixed Martial Arts. We cover all the upcoming pay-per-views, uh, events. We're going to be doing some UFC Fight Night 40 coverage. That's going to be headlined by uh, Matt Brown versus Eric Silva. So that should be a good fight. So make sure to check us out. You weren't singing it. I'm disappointed. UDMMA, <laughs> UDMMA.com, Twitter.com slash UDMMA, and Facebook.com slash UDMMA. True. All right, so Sports Talk Weekly. It's a sports show that I do with Jester, who occasionally pops up on here. You never know. Um, it's usually on Thursdays at 9 o'clock. Uh, if it's not, just check on Mega Powers Radio whenever it is to see otherwise. And if also, if you could join the Furbank City Sports group i think that's what it's called i can't think of it what it is off the top of my head but we talk about sports in there so if you're like sports like everyone else in this podcast does you know what it is 
sports 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 and no potatoes are allowed and that's and that's the motto Peyton we hope you enjoyed the absolute insanity that went on throughout the show tonight and if you would like to hear more of it please join us every Monday night following the conclusion of Raw because I know y'all are wrestling fans if you're listening to this and Join us on Mega Powers Radio, as you've heard talked about many times tonight, for our Raw post-show. We'll be giving our live thoughts about those events. And if you think the insanity that you're hearing, you should hear the stuff that's been cut from this show tonight. Well, guess what? That show's live. We can't cut nothing. It's just constant ridiculousness. And even better, you can call in and join the ridiculousness. So if you got some insane, stupid potato joke that you want to share with us, great platform to go ahead and do it on besides the comments here so there's always hundreds of ways to get involved with this crew here and don't forget the seinfeld jokes yes (laughs) (laughs) and support everything else that goes on on megapowersradio.com as well awesome awesome content almost every single night of the week including the new podcast that i just started putting up sand and snow a game of thrones podcast for all you other game heads out there it's it's conflicting for a lot of sunday nights when i gotta watch game of thrones and a wrestling pay-per-view and now i gotta run a podcast about both of them too well for you double fans out there enjoy my hard work please go out there and support it well thank god this episode is over with (laughs) We are going to join you guys next week, episode 131, and we are either going to be doing the monthly mailbag next week or the week after that. It all depends on how many that you guys send in. If we get enough, we'll be doing it next week. If not, we'll push it back another week. And most likely, our special feature for next episode, it's going to be Belt or Bury Seamus. And we're also taking ideas of Call the Spot, which we might do next week or the week after that. It all kind of depends. So if you have any suggestions, go ahead and leave a comment below and let us know what you think. For everybody on the panel this evening, I'm Tony Mango. This has been another Smart Out moment, and we're being counted out. He's got the outro in his hands. He's got the outro. In his hands, he's got the outro. In his hands, he's got the outro. In his hands. <laughs>